Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. Good morning. Um, my name is Father Sam Nasada. Uh, I'm from the Casa just down the street on Lincoln, uh, Franciscan Renewal Center, also known as the Casa. And um, I'm pretty new, nearly ordained. I was ordained in, in December last year, so um, thank you. And as you can see, I'm a Franciscan. I've been a Franciscan since I joined in 2009. Um, so just to make a long story short, I, I was born and raised in Indonesia. I came here for college. I started in Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I went to get my uh, degree in engineering. I get my master in Atlanta. And then I moved to Los Angeles, where I got a job in Los Angeles. And before that, my faith life, I could say, like, it's, it's consisted only on going to church, going to Mass every Sunday with my family, and then with my friends in college, and, you know, one hour every Sunday, go home, and that's pretty much it. And uh, But when I moved to L.A., I started going to different churches in the LA area that had like wonderful liturgies, that liturgies that I never experienced before that inspired me to, to do more. So I joined the choir, I joined the prayer, uh, young adult prayer groups, uh, there was a very active Indonesian Catholic community there too. So, and then uh, up until the end, toward the, toward the end of my, I was working for six years as an engineer, and then up to a point where one time I, I thought, you know, I'm doing all these things. So I, I was leading the prayer group. I was leading the choir. Um, so sometimes I would spend maybe even hours at work planning for the next choir, planning for the next prayer group. Praying for, but I was enjoying that more than what I was doing at work. And, and it, was, it, was, it was good work. You know, it was, it was uh, um, uh, a good company. But still, I felt like, you know, there was something that I, I enjoyed doing more. So I was thinking... Maybe uh, I should do this full-time, you know, planning for liturgy, being a priest, and, and being in, uh, presiding over a, a good, uh, well-prepared liturgy. So I started looking. Uh, I was in L.A., so I was looking at the Archdiocese of L.A. Uh, and then I went to a Jesuit high school in Indonesia, so I went to see the Jesuits. Um, nothing really sparked uh, the, the experience, in my experiences with them. And I didn't know anything about the friars or the Franciscans at that time. But when somebody asked me, when a friar asked me, because we start talking about liturgy first, but then he asked me, like, do you know about the Franciscans? Do you know about St. Francis? And I said, I have no idea. And he says, um, you do want to go with me to visit some of the Franciscan places in, in, in California, the missions, and where, where we live in um, Oakland or San Francisco? I said, sure. Just from that, that first encounter with the people, the friars there, every house I visited, I felt welcome. I felt like, you know, they've you know, they known me for a long time. Um, and just that, just that simple, that seems to be simple experience, simple encounter, simple um, uh, treatment of, uh, by them, well, it's, that's what touched me. And that's what made me want to do more, want to explore more about the what the Franciscans are really about. And so now here I am. So, so that's a little story about how I come here. So today, um, I, I call this Franciscan prayer. 
and tips for the road. And this is an, a term that, uh, that I learned from a book by Richard Rohr, one of our Franciscan uh, brothers in New Mexico. Tips for the road. And I'll explain to you more about it. Why, why is it tips for the road? So if you ask Franciscan prayer, what is it? How do Franciscans pray? You might say it's like the friars in um, Holy Land. You know, they have candles, they have books. Um, they, they pray every day in uh, places where Jesus you know, walked around at that time. Uh, the sisters in Namibia, the Port Clare sisters, they dance when they pray. Uh, there's one prayer in the solitude in nature, just contemplating nature. And we have what is not a rosary per se. We, this is something what we call Franciscan crown. So it has seven decades of Hail Mary. So uh, there's a history about that. But there's, I'm just trying to illustrate like the different ways Franciscan prays. Um, and, and if you ask 100 Franciscans how they pray, you probably get 100 different answers, right? So, so there's so many diversities. Um, as, and if you know uh, how many different branches of Franciscans and Franciscan sisters, Franciscan brothers, Franciscan priests, um, there's the conventuals, I'm an OFM, uh, there's Capuchins, there's uh, the new order here in Phoenix, the Franciscans of the Holy Spirit, there's uh, renewal Franciscans. There's so many. So it's 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 a challenge. Some, some, when some, whenever some somebody asks me what is Franciscan prayer, it's 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 not easy to say like you know. Well, this is it. So as you can see here. So here's what you know. Becky talked about the Jesuit spiritual exercises. Saint Ignatius of Loyola have this this great inheritance, right? Great. Um, Give to the church. There's the examine. Come yourself. There's a step-by-step ways of, of praying the examine, of doing the spiritual exercises. Um, so just a reminder, St. Uh, Ignatius of Loyola was a soldier, right? He was a soldier. He was a Spanish. He was very regimented, like, you know, so, so all his writings, there's way, what, step one, step two, step three. This is how we pray. So it's kind of like, you know, if you have a GPS, uh, this is how I get here, you know, from the Franciscan Renewal Center to St. Patrick Catholic Community. You go straight here, you turn left there, you turn right here. So I would say it, and by analogy, that's like spiritual exercises. That's how St. Ignatius will tell us how to pray, right? Great gift, again, don't, don't get me wrong, I love it. And this might be how Franciscans uh, pray or how Franciscans will tell you how to pray. So this is a common, uh, common uh, view, common uh, encounter on Lincoln Drive, where, where, Francis, where the Casa is, right? And you know, if you've been on Lincoln. But so we as Franciscans, we might say, we don't give you the, you know, turn left here, turn right here, turn left there. But we'll tell you where you all Lincoln don't, go above the speed limit because the chance is there's a, there's a photo enforcement police car right there ready to take your picture and then send you a ticket. So, so, I, so that's why that term from Richard Rohr resonated with me because you know what Francis gave us is not so much about the method of how to pray, 
but it's tips for the road. Just, just some tips about how we can go on this road, not step by step necessarily, but you know, what, what can we, what is the sense of prayer? What is, how, how, how do we go about in thinking or in seeing the world so that we can pray better? So that's always a starting point for us Franciscans is the life of St. Francis. And I think this is a great um, way to, to, to how, do we, how do we view our life as Franciscans, to, to follow the life of St. Francis. So it's not so much about, um, about a set of rules, per se, right? But Francis wrote the rules, but, but for us, really the starting point is how, do, how did Francis live? And in a way, it's just as Christians, that's how what we do too. How did Jesus live? What did Jesus do? What did Jesus say? And, you know, so Jesus didn't come up with kind of law. Jesus didn't come up with uh, doctrines. But Jesus said, follow me. Live like me. Follow, you know, uh, remember how I live. So, so that's what we're going to do. So... This is probably what most people are familiar with. Like, who is St. Francis? He's a statue, a birth bath in everybody's garden. That's all, you, that's all they know. And Francis, oh, he loves animals. So if you see a friar swatting on a fly or something, killing a cockroach, they got shocked. It's like, you know, how could you do that? Francis would never do that. Well, Francis was more than all that. So, so I'm going to go through this, some prayers of St. Francis. Um, oh, I almost forgot before I do that. Um, you can follow along on the screen or if you can pass this around, um, you can find them here too. So it's, it's what, you know, this is based on uh, one of my um, brothers in my province who is a professor in spirituality, uh, Brother Bill Short. And in one of his talks during our formation years, he was explaining to us about this development of prayer in Francis's life. So the first prayer that we will look at is what's called the prayer before the crucifix. So St. Francis, if you know a little bit about his story, he was a rich man. He was, he, you know, was born to a rich family, uh, a merchant family in, in Assisi in Italy in the 1200s. And then he wanted to be a knight. He went to uh, a battle in, uh, with neighboring city, neighboring town. Uh, but then all that uh, desire for glory, for fame, for, for, for wealth, um, all kind of came tumbling down. And then there's a point in his life that he, it was a, like a conversion for him, that he wanted to do more. He wanted to follow God more. And then so at this moment in his, the intersection of his life, he was just devastated. He was, you know, like life, where is, where is God leading me to? Like I can't, all my plans that I had before, it never came to fruition. And now where am I going? So in that, in that, moment of desperation, in that moment of desolation, Francis went to this um, abandoned church outside of the walls of Assisi, the city of Assisi, called San Damiano. The church of San Damiano had this cross, as you see on the right. This is a, a very uh, common 
cross that we use in Franciscan places, the San Damiano cross. So he, so Francis goes to this church, sees that cross, and just kind of just let it all out. You know, God, where am I? What do you want me to do? I just don't know what to do. And he prays this prayer. Most high, glorious God, enlighten the darkness of my heart and give me true faith, certain hope, and perfect charity, sense and knowledge, Lord, that I may carry out your holy and true command. You see, if you pay attention to like, what is he, what is he asking God? Enlighten the darkness. This is a dark moment in his life because he, he, he pretty much abandoned his family because his dad wanted him to continue the family's business as a merchant uh, of, of fine clo- clothes, clothing. And Francis said, no, I give this all back to you. I don't want that. I want to become poor like Christ. So he ran away. So this is the darkness of my heart. So give me what? Give me true faith. Give me hope. Give me perfect charity. Give me sense and knowledge so that I know what is you're commanding me to do. We heard that from Becky, you know, at toward the end. Like, there's a stress of, like, finding our mission in this world. But Francis is, at this moment, is he doesn't know where. He doesn't know where he, God is leading him to. So he just broke down and just asked God to do all this. So this is kind of like his first prayer after his conversion um, to give, for asking for God to give him a direction where he's going. A few years after that, so, so of course, you know, we, we hear the story that, you know, uh, Francis hears the crucifix, speaks to him, Francis rebuilt my church, which you can see it's falling into ruins. So, and then he get inspired, he start building that church, literally building San Damiano Church, and then getting some more followers, and then it becomes bigger. So he's got, and then he, he went to Rome to get his uh, rules of life approved. So there's a lot of good development after that. But then toward the middle of his life, um, there's another type of prayer. So now we'll see a development of that prayer. So this is a picture I took in Assisi. Um, I went there for the first time in October, October, November of last year, and just just gorgeous. If you if you've been there, if you've been to like uh, mi- Middle Italy, uh, the Umbria region, it's just it's breathtaking, right? If this is the type, and and it, all this like old towns, like this, this all, so a lot of these buildings, most of these buildings were there when Francis was alive. So if this is kind of the view that Francis sees every day, and can you imagine, like if I if I if I wake up to this every day, every morning, I think I'll be elated. I'll be joyful. Right, and that's what I think. What what inspired Francis to write this next prayer, the Canticle of Creatures. You've heard this before. You've seen it before, maybe. Most high, all-powerful, good Lord, praise through Brother Sun, praise through Brother a Sister Moon, through Brother Wind, through Sister Water, all creation. I think what what inspired Francis to do this is that he fell in love with creation. He you know, he wakes up, he goes around, he walks around Assisi, and it's just a magnificent creation around him. So how can he not pray like this, right? That the, the glory of God can be seen, the praises of God can be done through all this creation, Mother Earth, Brother Fire. Um, so this is a development. This is a development. And, and in a way, this is also like a, a poem, 
uh, people will say that this is probably the, uh, the first modern France, uh, Italian uh, poem that Francis did here. And as you can see, um, to, to appreciate it better, this is the, the original language. So this is like before formal Italian, uh, the Italian that we know right now. This is kind of like, uh, maybe you would say proto-Italian, right? It's not developed as, as developed as now. So, but if you follow this, so I'm gonna, whoops. Uh, before that, sorry, <laughs> not yet. Uh, so it's, and I'm, Brother Bill Short, that I, uh, who gave the, this lecture, he's, he knows like 10 languages maybe. So, so I'm gonna try to kind of just give you the sense of how this sounds like, if you can read it too. If you know Italian, you probably know better uh, how to read this than me. Altissimo onipotente bon signore, tue sole laude la gloria e l'onore ed one benedizione. A te solo altissimo se confano et nullu omo e ne dignu temento but you know how Italian speaks, right? And you know, this, is, this sounds more like a, like a poem than in the English translation. So Francis did this, Francis wrote this. So it's not just like praise, brothers, praise God through Brother Sun, Sister Moon, but just the words of it, just the, the melody of it. It's, it's like a song. It's, it, the, the prayer itself is beautiful, the way it sounds to him, especially in his language at that time. So there's so many songs have been written about this. You probably the, the most famous one, you know, uh, um, um, All Creatures of God and King, you know, you heard that. So, but there's one, um, one version that uh, our uh, director of liturgy at the Casa, Norbert Zwickel, had written, has written. And so, so maybe at this, uh, time in the middle of our uh, at the midpoint of our my presentation maybe we can do that this is again after all this is a presentation about prayer so maybe we can have that moment uh, to pause in our busy life right in our busy presentation in our busy day going from one workshop to the other uh, so we can listen to this uh, listen follow along or just look at the uh, the slides um, or just close your eyes and imagine wherever you're where you're uh, a natural, a nature place that you remember that it speaks to you and just listen to this song.
development of prayer in Francis, if you can remember the first prayer, Lord, give me, give me, give me. But now it's like, Lord, praise you through the things that I see in this world. This is all your creation. Praise you. How wonderful are you through this? So, so that you can see the change. You can see the development. 
And then the last one I want to share with you, this is a prayer called Praises of God. And the background of this is this, in 1219, um, <clears throat> Francis wanted to go to Holy Land, or actually to, to the Middle East, let's say, uh, where they were having the Fourth Crusade. So it's, it's the European army against the Muslim army. So Francis wanted to bring peace there. Francis wanted to, but I think there is also a desire to want to convince the, sul the sultan to convert. There's also that too, I, I, we have to admit. But so he went to Egypt to see the sultan. He was received by the sultan and there's no e exact account of what's going on during his stay there with the sultan. There's some speculations, yes, but there's no uh, exact account like day-to-day -day account. But what we know, what, what the experts know, the scholars know about Franciscan studies know, that when Francis went there and talked to the Sultan, he was impressed that this man, the Sultan, in his religion, Islam, wasn't someone who's just like, you know, a, a barbaric, just want to kill people, want to kill everybody. He was impressed by how they pray and how they pray five times a day and there's a call of prayer. And there's a, a, a form of prayer in Islam where it looks like a rosary beads, but it's a 99 beads, and it's, an, it's that 99 names of Allah, right? So, but then, so there's a theory that, you know, that Francis wrote this after he came back from Egypt. He wrote this inspired by that 99 names of Allah, 99 names of God. That you are the holy Lord God. You are strong. You are great. You are the mighty king. You are love. You are patience. You are security. But notice here, the, 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 um, the change is that now it's not more about ask, you know, give me, give me, give me. It's not about, well, praise you through something else. Praise God through suns, moon, uh, water. But it's just, this is just you, God. You are love. You are beauty. You are strength. You know, and, and this is the comparison. If you don't, it's probably too small. But this is 99 names of Allah. You are most compassion. You are the creator. You are the king. You are the forgiver. You are uh, the responsive. You are the one. You are the first. You are the last. So it could be that this inspired Francis to just not think about me anymore. Just not think about you know, creation anymore, but it's just like, this is directly to God. So this is toward the end of his life, Francis was just like, praise you, God, because you are all this. You are everything. This, uh, the famous um, motto that we have as Franciscans is, my God, my all. You are my God, and you are my all. So that's our motto for our uh, coat of arms, actually. So, <coughs> so here's this, uh, like a sum, to summarize the development of prayer, in, in, in Franciscans, in the writings of St. Francis, somebody was doing this, uh, counting all the times in the writings of St. Francis. How many times doing came up? How many times understanding comes up? 175 um, versus five times. Heart comes out loud. Love, mercy. So understanding mind, truth, intellect, you know, compared to doing heart, love, and mercy, it's, it's, it's not a lot, right? 
Um, so this is something that sometimes we Franciscans are, are often accused of, that we not imagine, like, remember the Jesuits, how they come up with a very systematic way. Uh, if you the Dominicans, they are famous for their preaching or famous for St. Thomas Aquinas that has the Summa and it's very systematic way of, of looking at theology and our doctrines. And then so people will sometimes accuse us Franciscans as wishy-washy, you know, that we are, we water down the, the, uh, the, the Catholic faith, you know. Oh, it's all about love and about love. It's about this lukewarm feeling, you know. It's kind of like, oh, you're the hallmark card of, of the orders, you know. So, but you know what's really true? I feel this like that because I think it's something deeper. There is something deeper that, than, and maybe our fault is that we are not always the best in articulating them, but we just feel them. And I think it resonates with a lot of people that it, there's something in there. We feel it. You know, we, we can sometimes articulate it because, again, like how do you articulate God? How do you articulate some, uh, a being that is so, so big and so unlimited, so infinite? Sometimes it's hard, but we know it, we feel it. So how do you pray? Well, just, just go with that. Go with that first. And, and maybe following what Francis did in his life can motivate us. And this is a, a Franciscan sister, Ilia Delio. She wrote a book called Franciscan Prayer. Uh, it's also in your handout if you want to follow, um, if you want to read more about, uh, about that book. But here's a quote from, from, from that book. Those who enter into Franciscan prayer, therefore, must be ready for change. They each must be willing to become another Christ. This is where the path of prayer leads to a new birth of Christ in the lives of the believer. And the simplest way to describe Franciscan prayer is that it begins and ends with the incarnation. So let me talk more about this. That they must be ready for change, the ongoing conversion in Franciscan uh, terminology. On, it's, it's because conversion is ongoing. Because every time there's something happening, it's a chance of conversion. Every time we encounter somebody, it's a chance of conversion. And for us, going into the prayer, just like Francis was praying, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not just a static moment, like, okay, I'm praying at this time. But if it doesn't invite you to conversion, then, you know, it's, it's not a very useful prayer. So in Francis's life, too, in his testament, he wrote this. This is before he died again. He wrote this testament for his followers. And so if you know the story of Francis by his biographers, they always say, well, Francis' conversion happened when they he went to that church and the, the crucifix talked to him and then he changed. But if we follow what Francis wrote himself in his testament, he said, you know, the conversion happened like this. When I went to the lepers, I did mercy to them. I performed mercy to them. And then what was bitter to me became sweetness. What was bitter became sweetness. That's the conversion. The conversion for him happened not when the crucifix talked to him, but when he encountered the lepers. So in a way, when he asked for his prayers, where God, show me what to do, show me what to do, and he did, he went to the lepers outside the city walls of Francisco, the lepers who have been rejected and, and uh, been neglected by the, the society. That's where he found God talking to him or showing him what to do. He's changed. And 
And, and to me, the, again, but, uh, the second point is that it begins and ends with the incarnation. And we know the incarnation happens, the, the incarnation with big I, with capital I, is when Jesus became human, right? When he, Jesus came down to the world. And, but then incarnation also happens in this case for us Franciscans is how God, how Jesus Christ again shows up in, through our brothers and sisters, right? Especially those who are in need. So I think that's why we are, for, for Franciscans, we're always, uh, there's always a pull to do social justice. And it's not so, um, so much about helping people who are poor, helping people who are needy, but it's also for us because that we, we acknowledge, we recognize that's where Christ is asking us to change, through them. The, the other day I was uh, called to, um, it's called Life, I think Life Center in Paradise Valley. It's a care center. Because um, <clears throat> somebody uh, called us and asked uh, for a priest to anoint uh, his mother who has dementia. So I went the first time, and she was in therapy. So I, I went home. I came back that afternoon, and she was sleeping. And I screamed, and I, you know, tried to uh, touch her a little bit, you know, to wake her up. You know, she, she was deep asleep, so I went home. The third time, so I was getting annoyed, right? So the third time, I went again, and she was, uh, this time she was, oh, they were doing a, some kind of procedure on her, right? So I was frustrated. I said, well, all this time for going here, 20 minutes going, 20 minutes going, coming back, um, all two ways. But then on the way back, in the hallway, uh, there's this old lady in, his, in her wheelchair, one of the residents there, and are you a priest? She asked me, are you a priest? And I said, yes. Uh, would you say a Hail Mary with me? Just like that, just something simple. Because like, I was afraid of like, oh, she's going to tell me all her life story, and this is going to be hours and hours here, and then I have to do something else. But there is an incarnation there. There's a change. And, and Becky was telling about, sharing about how busy we are sometimes. But at that moment, it's somebody else, someone else who asked me to pray with her. So sometimes for us, the prayer it can happen anytime anywhere and uh, so there is another story in the Franciscan story is that when the Francis when the friars were asked by uh, this character called Lady Poverty Lady Poverty is asking the friars so you know your your group of religious where is your cloister what is what is your what do you believe in and all that and the friars took her the story goes the, the friars take her to a hill, kind of like this, the hill of Assisi, and look down. And the, the, this friar says, you know, Our Lady, the world is our cloister. It's because this is new. The Franciscans were new at that time, that they're not a monastic life. They don't live like monks in a monastery and stay there for all their life. They go out. They go all out and go to different towns and go to different countries because the world is our cloister. So I think we believe that. And I know this is, sounds kind of like uh, uh, the opposite of what Becky was saying about our inner chapel in our heart, right? It, it, it doesn't neglect that. It doesn't um, <coughs> um, negate that. But for us, I think saying that the, cloister, the world is our cloister is that, you know, we can find God. We can find opportunities for conversion everywhere if we look hard enough 
and it is harder, I have to admit, right? I have to, uh, with, with what Becky was saying too, with everything that's going on in our world, with all the technology, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to see the bad things, right? So, um, but, you know, if we look deeper, we have a chance to look deeper and see the goodness of God at work, and especially through uh, our brothers and sisters who are in need in our Franciscan tradition. That's where Francis had his conversion. So maybe for us, just a little practical suggestion for you. Um, and I know a lot of you are parents here. The question is always like, how do you get kids to be interested in coming to church again? How do you get kids to be faithful in their Catholic tradition? Things like that. And just like I think anything like Becky said, maybe the, the, the answer is not so much about doing the same old thing. You know, they're probably not interested in oh, doing the rosary every day anymore. They're probably not interested in coming to church every Sunday anymore, whatever we might be. But maybe there is a chance of like, let's go to St. Vincent de Paul downtown. Let's go help uh, our migrants who have been released by ICE, but then they don't have a place to stay here. And there is a shelter in downtown. Hopefully when they see people who are in need, that they go beyond their own um, preoccupation with their own life, right? That there are people who are in need. There are people who need my prayer. There are people who need my help. So hopefully maybe that encounter will change them. That, that's my hope. So I'd like to close with this. This is from St. Bonaventure. And his, his, his book, The Soul's Journey into God. St. Bonaventure is one of our uh, most famous uh, theologians, but he's also a mystical theologian. So it's not so much just the writings, the systematic theology, but the prayers. And he says this, seek grace, not instruction. Desire, not understanding. Seek the groaning of prayer over diligent reading. Seek the spouse more than the teacher. Seek God, not man. Darkness, not clarity. Not light, but the fire itself. So I hope this is a... a a way uh, useful for you to just kind of spark an idea of a different way, you know, after knowing about St. Ignatius' prayer and the exam, and maybe a little bit of the Franciscan way of praying can, can uh, have invite you to be more creative in, like, what can we do more? What can we do differently that might be beneficial to our prayer life? So, thank you. And I'm also supposed to remind you that uh, after this, there's a tailgate party outside for food and everything. And I also have, I don't think I have enough for everybody, but if you want to share for one per family, uh, just our latest magazines, and you can read about this, about us. Uh, there's something there about the Casa too, so feel free. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you, Cheryl. Yes. So, um, so yeah, so uh, enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy the tailgate party. Thank you.